What makes a good beachhead market? This is the audio version of the article. Welcome to the 55 new subscribers. I'm now at 977 subscribers. Almost at the magical 1000 subs barrier. Finding your first customer is important, obviously. Ideally, the needs of that first customer are not unique and there are many customers like that first one. Being thoughtful about your first customer segment, a so-called beachhead market, can improve the chance of getting mainstream traction. I went through 20 plus blog posts, books, articles and chapters on beachhead markets. Most of them repeat the same abstract ideas without actionable insights. Therefore, I'm running a series on beachhead markets. Today, I cover the fundamentals and show you what to look out for in your beachhead market. What is a beachhead market? Simply put, a beachhead market is a niche market. A mainstream market is the big mass market. You could launch your product in the entire mainstream market. It's what Apple does with the release of every new iPhone. For startups that are still figuring out a product, that might be risky as a strategy. So instead of chucking spaghetti at a big mainstream market, you could identify a niche segment. From there, you can start and approach the entire market in waves. This is called having a beachhead market in your two-market strategy. It is a stepping stone towards the mainstream market. The term was coined by George A. Moore. Uh, I will talk about him a bit later. But what he says about it is that trying to get to the mainstream market without a beachhead market is like trying to light a fire without Kindle. Let's get an example. It's always easier if we have something concrete rather than the abstract words that I shed on at the start of this article. Or podcast, if you're listening. You are listening. Hello. Um, so Tesla. I'm using Tesla as an example because it's very clear and um, most people have some sense of what Tesla is as a company. Tesla had a two-market strategy with a clear beachhead market. It was conquering the entire car market, eventually. But it didn't start with the mainstream car. Tesla started with the Tesla Roadster. And there are a few reasons for that. The initial electric car technology was quite expensive, so making a mainstream car for, let's say, 50k was not an option. And this makes sense, at least in hindsight, for us. What is one of the benefits for an electric of an electric motor? Acceleration. They go 0 to 100 kilometers so fast. And what segment in the market really likes fast acceleration that an electric motor gives you? Fancy sports cars. And in which customer segment doesn't price matter that much? Fancy sports cars. And here we have the beachhead market of Tesla. Using the Tesla Roadster, a fancy sports car, targeting the market segment of sports cars. Tesla launched the Roadster in 2008. From there, they launched another model, the Model S, in 2012. It was a cheaper but still relatively expensive sedan. In 2017, they launched a more accessible Model 3. You can guess where Elon borrowed those names from. Psst, it's Henry Ford. Getting some ASMR vibes here. If I start whispering about startups, will you actually start building a startups? I don't know. Okay, let's move on. Uh, what's amazing about Tesla is that they didn't stop quite there. They went beyond their mainstream market. After landing these car market segments, Tesla went beyond. They ventured into the off-grid energy market, creating home batteries and two types of solar panels. They drew on their existing expertise in batteries and electricity. This was relatively close to their core business, yet still impressive from a strategic perspective. 
Now, one can argue whether the Model 3 actually is mainstream, or whether it's still too expensive for most folks. Well, that's a fair point. Um, the average new car price in the US in 2022 was 48,000, and the starting price of a Model 3 is 43,000, without any subsidies. What makes a mainstream market anyway? And most iPhones are high-end, but have mainstream adoption, at least that's something I would like to claim. Concepts like mainstream market and beachhead market have vague boundaries. And my point in this piece is not to highlight these boundaries. The insight that I want to give you is this waived product strategy, which allowed Tesla to serve a variety of segments, but at the start had a very clear niche beachhead market. This is reflected by the sales numbers. Tesla sold about 2,500 roadsters. And only in 2022, Tesla sold 240,000 Model 3s. Mainstream market versus beachhead market. Why is it called a beachhead market? Well, you know I love a little history side tour. So why is it called a beachhead market? You might have heard of Operation Overlord. The beach landings that initiated the Allied invasion of German-occupied France. The Allies eventually arrived in Berlin behind the Soviets, but the first steps were taken in France, specifically in Normandy. And this answers the question, what is the best way in? The Germans expected the Allies to start the inv invasion at Calais. It's a different town. Um, the canal is at narrowest at Calais, making it an ideal crossing point. At least, that's what they thought. And the Allies played into this by launching diversion operations set up around Calais to confuse the Germans. However, historians claim that Calais never really was a great landing place due to the heavy protection by the Germans and a tougher, more hilly environment. By surprise, the Allies landed on a different set of beaches. Here, they positioned a line of military equipment made of boats and cannons. This line defended the arriving reinforcements that allowed them to launch an attack and land inward. What is the name of such a lined position? A beachhead. There you go. Etymology in the morning with Jeroen Koele. This term beachhead market was coined by the same person that created a graph that you might have seen before. It's the so-called technology adoption curve, listing innovators, early adopters, the chasm, and early majority, late majority. Uh, there's a link to the graph in the article. It's visualized nicely. George A. Moore makes a distinction between a beachhead market and a mainstream market with in between the chasm and the chasm is hard to cross. Moore dictates that the beachhead market is what you need to cross the chasm and conquer the mainstream market. So, what makes the good beachhead market, might one ask? Well, a good beachhead market might want your product, and a great beachhead market actually wants your product. Your early market should have a very urgent problem or needs. I would say level 5 on the customer problem fit framework. A high urgency of problem to be solved could hint at needing your product. However, they must want to see it solved in a novel way. And this attraction to novelty is very important for a beachhead market. Mainstream people are not so drawn to novelty. They play it safe. And there's two archetypes of people you should look out for if you want to identify your first beachhead market customers. They are called innovators and visionaries. Innovators want new stuff. They want the newest tech stuff. And they tend to be a little bit more engineering because they love your product and they are very interested in how it works. And they are willing to try longer to make it work because your first version is not perfect, trust me. 
they want to see your solution work because they have this enthusiasm about technology. And they will happily be in your passenger seat as a launching customer to be part of this. Innovators can be focused on the technology itself, not always on the performance in relationship to the problem, even though they are aware of the problem. Think of all these NFT blockchain boys. No problems being solved there, but it's a great starting point anyway to get people riled up to do something. Now, visionaries are a little bit different. They want breakthrough performance. They are looking for this, and they, they, they compare that breakthrough performance to existing solutions. Therefore, they tend to be a little bit more businessy or pragmatic. You could have all the support of one engineer, but it's the manager who decides if they, for example, buy your SaaS software, but that's a little bit of a redundant acronym, but uh, eh, SaaS software. Um, they are willing to take a risk with you because they are energized by novelty as well. Um, as George A. Moore summarizes, they are easy to sell but hard to please. They love pilot projects uh, to generate proof of, or proof of for your concepts. They say, let's do this. And the great thing is if you're successful, they will communicate with their peers about the visionary potential. They are in your passenger seat looking at your dashboard to see whether it works, but also looking at the future. So innovators and visionaries are the two archetypes of people to look out for. Ask yourself, who of your customer interviews had this eagerness to work with you? Beware of people that hate risk, because that might be mainstreamers. If a mainstreamer settles for a new solution, they generally want to stick to that new solution for a while. Innovators and visionaries switch more easily, and the mainstream market doesn't. So here are some characteristics of identifying mainstreamers. They want quality products from the start, so that means your MVP can't really break down and they're not there to help you with fixing it. They are not in the passenger seat next to you, they are in the passenger seats behind you, ready to be served like a true customer, not a launching customer. Where visionaries hate the limitation of the current competition, mainstreamers, they like existing competition because it allows them to compare. And in this way, by comparing you to competitors, they can de-risk the purchase. And very often, if you are too risky, they will not choose for you. Ultimately, they are also looking for a good price. Innovators and visionaries are willing to spend a little extra at the start and the mainstream market doesn't give you this luxury. This means you should understand who are your innovators and your visionaries. Identifying your beachhead market comes down to answering that questions. When doing customer interviews, you will find some people that are just so eager to get your product. The answer to this question should not be an abstract persona. In the early days, you should have a concrete answer. All our innovators are like Sarah and Yashar, and our visionaries are like Ricky and Raja. People you have actually spoken to. And this goes beyond customer interviews. You need to traverse on a desirability scale to pilots and sales. Interviews just don't cut it to de determine your beachhead market. The difference between a potential customer and a customer is the difference between a customer interview and a sale or a pilot. Also, you should be able to tell who's not your customer. Who's too mainstream saying no to pilot? Bob. Don't spend your time on Bob. Try to land more Sarahs, Yashars, Rickies and Rajas. These people will help you to grow your startup. If you have found a couple of these people, try to deeply understand them. Ask yourself, what do these people have in common besides being very eager to work with you? For the Tesla Roadster, it could have been that people already owned two cars and wanted a new toy. You can leverage insights like these to find new people to sell to. 
an example. I'm currently selling my startup mentoring services. What is my beachhead market here? Well, I'm already seeing patterns in who's buying my service. It's professionals with adjacent work experience that discovered an opportunity that are consciously aware that they need help. Where can I find more of these people? Startup solo workplaces like WeWork, maybe some online communities. I don't have a perfect segment yet, but by doing the legwork, by actually trying to sell, you will learn who is eager to work with you. And there is no shortcut. I, I don't have a secret secret thing. This It just requires grit and perseverance. You will get many no's. Nobody said doing a startup was easy. So get in the trenches and good luck. All right, this was the article. Uh, I hope you liked it. You can vote in the article whether you really liked it or you had some comments. Always eager to hear about your comments. Now, talking about that mentoring service, do you need some help in finding your beachhead market? I am there to help you. If you go to my Substack page, there's a link at the top, one-on-one -on -one help, and there I explain what it's like to work with me. You can read some testimonials, and maybe I end up helping you. So... That's that. This was Jeroen Koele from I Want Product Market Fit. Thank you so much for listening and till next time. Cheers.